Yeah, you know, I was born and grown up in a, in a small village in India, uh, you know, in the district of Jaunpur, in the same area where actually Mona Farahi and Mona Shibli and all those people come. So it, you can see, if you go there, you can see it like all Muslim land. And Jaunpur in one time used to be the capital of Eastern Muslim Empire. So there are huge mosques and madrasas that in our part of, uh, of India, there are so many madrasas and mosques. So I was grown in that village and there have been some ulama there and many hafiz in my own family, my father, my my uncle and, and some other people, they have been hafiz of the Quran and, uh, and my father, you know, he knows, uh, learned Farsi and Persian. So I grown up and I studied in the primary school of my, my village and then when I was around eight or eight years old or something like that, then I went to a madrasa near my village and that madrasa is called Madrasa Diyaul Uloom uh, in Manikana. That the same madrasa where Sheikh Yunus, you know, Sheikh Latif of Saharanpur, he also studied there. And my teachers were his colleagues. So I studied that that madrasa, like madrasa, follows the Deoband curriculum, the Deobandi madrasa. So you can see my first major madrasa was Deobandi madrasa. So people who said that I'm not Deobandi, they should know I'm more Deobandi than many people here. I've studied with those people properly and I studied there three years. So two years Farsi, Persian language, which where I studied uh, Persian pro prose and poetry. And the third year also was some, some Persian poetry, but uh, more Arabic grammar. To surf and nahu, properly, uh, mostly memorizing every single thing. To all the verbs and everything, you, know, you can uh, kind of imagine how memorization was there. So three years I spent there. Then madrasa was to, to be moved to somewhere else. So then near to my village, there was another madrasa. That was a branch of uh, Madrasa al-Salah. Madrasa al-Salah is Madrasa Mawla Farahi. To branch of that madrasa near my village, and there I got admission there the second year of Arabic language. So I studied there three years as well, studying under those people who have been influenced by Mona Farahi and his thoughts and ideas. So Arabic language and the grammar, I studied under those people. And in Arabic grammar, they are very strong, those people. They're very, very strong. The teaching method is very strong. So I completed three years there. It was like my four, four year of Arabic. Then some students in my, my classroom, they, they applied to get admission in Nadat Ulama. I didn't know about Nadwam anything, but in the village people don't know these things. So I said, okay, I also can apply. So we filled the form that you know, we want to get admission there. So we were in the fourth year of Arabic. We, 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 are on, we applied to get admission in the seventh year of Arabic. So three years ahead. That's what we, because our curriculum was much higher than Nadwam. So we got actually, you know, reply very soon, yeah, you got admission. So we are so happy. Then, but before admission, they tested. So we went there and the test is by two teachers. So they tested us. So they said to two of us that, yeah, you can get admission the year seventh, but if you come, can come one year below six, you will be better in the class. We were so happy to get admission and also even two years ahead, that's uh, still better for us anyway. So we said, that's fine. So we got, I got admission the year sixth of uh, 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 Alamiya and then, uh, you know, spending the three years, sixth, seventh, eighth, uh, I got the degree of uh, Alamiya Natural Ulama. And then I spent two more years for spe specialization that got Takhassu al-Fadila, like MA two more years and uh, there you can do specialization either in hadith or fiqh or tafsir or Arabic literature. My mind was more about the fiqh, but the teachers of the fiqh at that time they are not very strong. But teaching of hadith was stronger in the Ulama at that time. So I consulted some of my teachers, Mawla Shahbad and others, to advise me to get admission in the hadith one and the fiqh to learn you know, uh, 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 on my own. So I got the admission in the hadith class, so I did specialize in the hadith. And I, besides that, I used to learn tafsir more from Mona Shahbaz because he was one of the great teachers of Natur Ulama. He knew the tafsir of Mona Farahi and Nawam al-Quran so nicely. And he really a very th great thinker. Uh, so I studied with him. And then one year I spent 
another course in the Almabad that is called Al-Ma'adul Ali, the wal fikr al-Islami, where they teach Islamic thinking, Islamic thoughts and da'wah. So we learn the books of the thinkers and you know, all those people, very, very important uh, 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 syllabus. So I spent one year there and then I was appointed immediately after that as a teacher in the role among all my colleagues, nobody was appointed. Alhamdulillah, there was a great uh, you know, blessing of Allah they appointed me directly a teacher in the role for, 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 for Arabic classes. And, uh, and when I was teaching, also I got admission in the University of Lucknow, but next to Abnatul Olma. So I did BA from there, uh, you know, in uh, a three-year BA in different subjects, and then after that two-year, you know, in Arabic language, and then I did a PhD also from from, Nazlo, from University of Lucknow. So I taught there in uh, you know for six years in, in Natul Olma until the end of 1990, and then beginning of nine, and then at that time uh, the Abul Hasan Nadwi has established this center in, in, in Oxford. So the people at the center have been asking him if you can send someone who represents you and who you can trust. So then he asked me to come. So I was not very much interested. I was very happy in Natal Olama teaching there anyway. It was a big uh, in honor for a man from the village to teach in Natal Olama. You know, so I was very happy. So I said, you know, I asked them to find someone else. You know, I, in, it, I, I, I am happy here. So he wrote back that, you know, if you can find someone else, uh, any Arab who can, because Arab, you know, Arabs will be better you know, th th than somebody from India. Then again, they wrote, no, that they want somebody from the students of, of, of Sheikh. So he asked me, you know, if you can go at least for one year. So anyway, so in 91, I came for one year. So when there was a meeting of trustees, he came to them. They asked me if you can ask Akar to stay one more year. So then he asked me to stay one more year. Then you can see, you know, it, it kept in, until I myself became interested here. So, you know, life, life changed. Yeah, you know, the, when I was learning Farsi, one a great teacher, Mawana Abdul Ali, he's a colleague of uh, Sheikh Yunus, and Sheikh Yunus also likes him very much, very intelligent person. I, had he been a big madrasa, he would have been the same like Sheikh Yunus, a very intelligent person. So in Farsi, he was like Imam, you know, and they learned from, from Farsi and enjoying the poetry of the Persian people so nicely. He was in this matter amazing person. So he's the first person I, I was influenced by him. And then the second person, when I was at Islahi school, one of my teachers, he was very good at teaching Arabic grammar, so many different ways. I still now I respect him, he's alive. So he's one of those people. When I came to Nazar Olama, there are few teachers I learned from them. Nice, I really I like them, admire them. One of these, Mawana Muhammad Wadih Rashid Nadvi. He's a nephew of Sheikh Al-Wasan Nadvi. He's a very good Arabic language, very good writing. So from very beginning, I became very close to him. I used to learn from him how to write uh, Arabic. So there used to be, you know, a, a newspaper, uh, you can say, uh, Sahifa in Arabic, Jarida in, in Arabic. He was the editor. So he used to ask me to translate from Urdu, from English into Arabic. And I used to translate, then he used to edit it and correct it and print it there. So he's, and he, and one thing I would like about him is that he was, you know, very, very pious. He's still alive, Alhamdulillah. May Allah give him a long life. Very pious person, a very calm person. So I was not only impressed by his Arabic, I was also much more influenced by his, his character, his life. He's so humble and so nice person. In my life, I never have seen anybody in so pious as him. He's a very, very pious person. But, you know, his piety is not like Sufism, though he also is, you know, in, in Bayai with the Sheikh Hussanadvi. But his piety is more that, you know, good deeds and not, not backbiting anybody. Ne you never could have heard from him criticizing anybody, never backbites anybody. Never, I never have seen him to comment any on anybody badly, never backbiting anybody, to the great character. And there were also Mawana Abul Irfan Nadvi, 
he was also from, from Jonapur, from where I am, so I was, you can imagine, you know, from same town, so close, so he, he liked me very much because I'm from, he was in one of the great intellectuals of, of his time, you know, in history and philosophy. In India, whole India, there was nobody equal to him. Even great for everybody used to acknowledge him. In the history of the India, education, history, everything he knew by heart. It, and then also Greek philosophy and logic, he was imam. His teachers from Deoband used to come attend his class and they used to admire that how much he knows Greek philosophy and logic. So he's another person, but he died very early. And another person who influenced me most is Mona Shahwazi Salahi Rahmullah. He is in, was an intelligent person, especially he was trained by Mawla Farah's Farah school uh, in, in, in the Quran. But he, he was in a thing, something, he never liked to follow anybody. Every single thing question. Means whenever any hadith comes and you say, Nawawi says this, he would never like to follow Nawawi. He will think, he will raise question, why Nawawi said this? This does not make sense. Whatever you bring, he has to question. Whatever you say, so if you said to him that, you know, I was reading Mawlana Maududi's book and he made a very nice point, so it, then he has to comment. He will say, no, Maududi is not right. This actually it has mistaken. He will criticize Maududi heavily and then he will make his own arguments. So whatever, this actually taught us how to question everything. It was the first time we were seeing, but before that, we did not learn like that. So every single thing he was questioned. The only person he never criticized his life is Mawlana Farahi. We made so many efforts, always praising Mawlana Farahi to him and said no, Mawlana Farahi is so nice and this and that, but he never, never criticized Mawlana Farahi. He, he was in Jamaat Islami, he liked Mawlana Maududi so much, but whenever we said Mawlana Maududi is so nice and he writes, you know, his tafsir is so great, he said no, Mawlana Maududi is not a good writer and he has so much problem in Arabic, he does not know what Arabic is and then he will bring some examples where Maududi has done mistake. So, he, so this way really encourages us. Also he was a very pious person, you know, with tahajjud and all those prayers. But especially his understanding of the Quran and the Hadith and also his understanding of the fiqh was very good. I, I, actually when I teach people, you know, flexibility about the fiqh is more influenced from, from him. He never was biased Hanafi. He, he used to admire Shafi Madhab, Maliki Madhab, Hanbali Madhab, any Madhab. You know, he always used to go for the argument, evidence. And that was his way of always used to prefer opinion which had more weight. Though he was Hanafi generally, no doubt that like I'm Hanafi, but he made the mind thinking that all the Imams are fine. So you don't actually become biased against it. At the same alhamdulillah, now I feel that I, I never feel that, you know, I prefer Abu Hanifa more over the Malik or something like that. So he, he, in this matter, really, his influence upon me has... Though, actually, if you go to the Lulama, hardly you can find anybody talk about him. I remember when I used to go for a takaf in Sheikh Rasulullah's Khanakai Masjid, he used to be there as well. So once I remember, once I came to the takaf and I came around Zohar time, you know, early morning. When I came, he was awake, everybody was sleeping. I came I, I, and he started talking with me. He kept talking to me until Zohar prayer. Then all the students said to me that now you have come, you have found a person to talk. Nobody used to talk with him. You came, you're talking. Similarly, in the Nadatulam, after Esha prayer, he used to come to my room, sit on, them, I, my, on my bed and talk with me until 12 o'clock all the time, discussing different things. So, Alhamdulillah, I learned from him. But in Nadatulam, you don't find anybody, you know, have so much appreciation, find respect. And that way, when he died, Alhamdulillah, I wrote three articles about him you know, about different aspects, but still actually I, I need to write about him more and more. Very few people really appreciated him. He was very simple, he never tell you until you discuss with him, otherwise he will teach in the classroom what everybody else teaches. But when you want to know no more, discuss with him outside the class, then he will bring his knowledge. So his knowledge always was very deep about verses of the Quran, about, about any issues of the, you know, current issues of India and all those things. And whatever we used to read like Mawla Abul Hassan book, if we say that we read this book and these are the points, he will make some comments anyway. He will find mistakes in that. And then he will tell you what the right way is. So always teaching you 
though he used to contradict as well, meaning is to, because he used to forget that what he said last time. So then we again we will say something, so he will make another point. He will say, but last time you said this. So he never remembered because you know his way always was to oppose you. Whatever you say, he has to oppose. That was his way as well. That I used to teach. Yeah, Abu Hassan Adir Rahmat, I didn't learn from him you know, formally in the classroom because he did not teach. But I learned from him uh, privately, reading some of his books, you know, here and there. Shaykh Abbasan Adir Rahmullah Ta'ala, you know, he really was a very pious person. You know, people say people never have seen him committing any sin. And when he was a young, young, young man, young scholar, and he used to come to one of the great uh, pious persons of India, Shah Abbasullah Fatapur Rahmullah, who was uh, the, uh, the most respected Khalifa of Mawathanvi. And he, among his disciples were also his teachers, big, big people. Shah Abbasullah Fatapuri was known in India to have kashf, means uh, he can read the hearts of the people you know, with, with piety. He has said, uh, among all the ulama who come to me, the person who has got the purest heart is young man, one young man, Abu Hassan Ali. Nobody has as pure heart as him. So Abu Hassan Ali always has been praised for the purity of his heart and mind. Very, very pure person. So his humility, his purity, his piety, this thing really certainly I learned from, you know, at least uh, I was influenced by that, impressed by, by him. So that's my thing. But in the knowledge, I don't think I, much, I have much time to learn from him. Though we read a lot, but reading was just reading, not, not learning, not, no explanation, just reading, fast reading, but no explanation. Yeah, I, one of the highest that I have got is this from Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdul Razak al-Khatib, who got from Abu Nasr al-Khatib. Uh, Abu Nasr al-Khatib has got from Abdullah al-Talli al-Shami, and Abdullah Talli al-Shami has got from Abdul Ghani al-Nabulusi al-Arif, the great man of Syria. And Abdul Ghani al-Nabulusi has got from Najmuddin Muhammad al-Ghazi, you know, from Gaza, from Palestine. And Najmuddin Muhammad al-Ghazi has got from his father, Badruddin Muhammad al-Ghazi. And Badruddin has got from his great teacher, Abu al-Fatih al-Mizzi al-Iskandari, from Mizza in Damascus. And Abu al-Fatih narrates, from one of the greatest and very highest nod of, of the women. That's why we have to respect the women. And that she is Aisha bint Ibn Abdul Hadi al-Maqdisiyya, who died in the year 812 of Hijrah. She's a very great teacher of Abu, you know, Ibn Hajar al-Sqani. The Abu al mizzi al-Sqandari is the last student of Aisha al-Maqdisiyya. And Aisha al-Maqdisiyya is the last student of uh, Abu al-Abbas Ahmad ibn Abi Talib al-Hajjar. Last, nobody in the whole world narrated hadith from him other than her when she died. She was the last student of Abu al-Abbas Ahmad ibn Talib al-Hajjar. And Abu al-Abbas al-Hajjar, he died in the year 730. He died 730 and Aisha narrating from, from him in the year 812. So you can see, uh, you know, 82 years after the death of her teacher. And Hajjar himself, you know, first time when he learned of Sahih Bukhari, he, it was the year 630. First learning of Sahih Bukhari when they succeeded 630, and last time he taught in the year 730. So between his, his learning the Bukhari and between last teaching is 100 years. So certainly he was more than 100 years. That's why his isnad of the Bukhari became the highest in the whole world. Nothing is equal to that until our time. And Aisha has made that isnad until our time the best one. Between me and Bukhari, that isnad only 14 people. And Bukhari died in the year 256. And now it is 1435. 1435 between me and Bukhari, only 14 people because of the Isnad of Aisha al Maghdisiyya. So Aisha narrates from Al Hajjar, and Hajjar narrates from Abu, Abu Abdullah Al Hussein ibn al Mubarak al Zabidi, 
who was from Baghdad and he came to Syria and he taught Sahih Bukhari twice. That's why people got from all the many women, in many, 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 many women. And Zabidi uh, got his hadith, his Bukhari and many other books of hadith from Abu al-Waqt, Abdul Awwal, Ibn Isa, Al-Harawi, Al-Sijzi. And Abu al-Waqt has got his nad, his hadith from Abu al-Hasan al-Dawudi. And Abu al-Waqt said that how Allah SWT gave him barakah. Abu al-Waqt said, I used to live in Herat, in my village. And my teacher, Abu, Abu al-Hasan al-Dawudi, he was in Bushan, far away. And my teacher, my father was a noble of the town, Amir of the town. Every single morning, my father used to take me, I was child, seven, eight years old, take me to Bushanj, to the town of Dawoodi to learn Sahih Bukhari. It was far distance, and my father was noble at the time, he could have taken me on the horse or donkey, but he should take me on the, uh, walk on the feet. And what my father used to give, he used to, when I used to leave the town, village, he used to give me two heavy stones. And he asked me, walk with the stones. And when I was walking with the stones, after a while, I become tired. So I, uh, my father would ask me, oh, my son, are you tired? So I said, yeah, I'm tired. He would ask me, okay, throw one stone. So when I throw one stone, I become very light. So I, I run, you know, I walk faster. Then after a while, my father would ask me, oh, my son, are you feeling tired? I said, yeah. He would say, okay, throw the other stone. Then I become even lighter. Every day, same thing. And he said, then many, many villagers, they used to meet me in the way. And they said, oh, uh, my father asked me that, you know, if you can allow, uh, uh, you know, your son, he can ride on our donkey. But I said, no, this is hadith. I want my son to understand what, what knowledge means. And really, Allah SWT gave barakah to Abu al-Waqt al-Sijzi, and he became the biggest and you know, most important narrator from Dawoodi. And Dawoodi learned the hadith from Saraqsi. So Saraqsi was you know, the last person to narrate uh, from the great student of Imam Bukhari, Abu Abdullah Muhammad ibn Yusuf ibn Matar al-Farabri. Farabri. He is the last person, among the last people, if you, uh, there are some differences, uh, the person to narrate from Bukhari. And Bukhari, in Imam, then Imam Bukhari, he said between me and Bukhari, 14 people. Bukhari becomes 15. And if we narrate the hadith, Salatiyyat al-Bukhari, where between Bukhari and the Prophet only three people, so then between me and the Prophet became 18 people. So Bukhari narrates one of the his Salati from his, his teacher, Makki ibn Ibrahim. So Makki ibn Ibrahim is Bukhari's teacher. He narrates from him, Makki ibn Ibrahim narrates from Yazid ibn Abi Ubaid. He's a Tabi, Yazid ibn Abi Ubaid narrates, narrates from Salama ibn al-Akwa, the great companion, and he narrates from the Prophet وسلم, uh, and the Prophet وسلم, said that uh, you know the hadith, the famous hadith of the uh, of the fabrication, Man Yaqul Aliya, Malam Aqul. It has come from different wordings, but the wordings of uh, Salam ibn Aqwa in Sahih Bukhari is Man Yaqul Aliya, Malam Aqul, Falatabawa Makadhum Nar. Anybody who tells against me what I did not tell, you know, in, he gets his place in you know in, in Farafil. So Alhamdulillah, in this hadith between me and the Prophet is how many people? 18 people. And the Prophet you see, died in the beginning of the 11th of, of, of Hijrah. And now it is 1435. It's more than 14, exactly 1434 years. 1434 years. And between us and the Prophet only 18 people. You cannot imagine any is not higher than that. And it only became because of this woman, Aisha al-Maghdasiyah. And I always said people go to Deoban and Saharanpur and anywhere in, in India and Pakistan, anywhere, you never can find any isnad similar to that or higher than that without this woman. This is the only isnad which actually makes Hadith al-Bukhari very high. Uh, I, I was, you know, I, in Natulama, I enjoyed teaching and also I used to write. I used to write, there used to be three, four magazines, one in, uh, two in Urdu, uh, two in Arabic. I used to write every single one, every time. 
if every time if you look in those five six years you will see every single you know is a full, you know had my article something i'm writing i translation or something right so i was very always in writing or teaching to so when i moved here there was no teaching so that was something missing so then i focused myself on writing the work that i was doing here in the center in many other writing thing anyway more research anyway there very little teaching for, for me uh, so then I wrote uh, some of those small books, something Urdu, something uh, you know here or there. Then suddenly, somehow, it came to my mind to write about the women scholars in Islam. But that's not that became to, it, it just took 15 years of the research. So that time I was not teaching anywhere. So that was good anyway. I, if I had been teaching, I would have not enough time to, to do that, that work. So that I did, and I, then I wrote, you know, Al Fiqh Islami, you know, because we have been feeling that in English language, you know, there are books of Hanafi Fiqh, but no arguments, no evidence, nothing really very dry. So if I we can write uh, in a book, uh, I know especially those issues which are clear concerned to the people and an argument for everything from earlier sources, so people can learn Hadith and Quran. So Alhamdulillah, two volumes have come and now working on the third one. And then I wrote a biography of Abu Hanifa. Actually, my intention has been to write biography of Abu Hanifa, Malik, Shafi'i, Ahmad al-Hanbal, and Sufyan al -Tawri. Five people, maybe even Bukhari, six people. But I have done only one because you know the other things have been related. If Allah gives me time, so maybe I can come to those people as, uh, as well. Uh, so the major one work is the, the Muhaddithat one and Al-Fiqh uh, al-Islami. Uh, and now I'm doing a writing commentary on Sahih Muslim in a certain way. So I don't think we have enough time to explain those things. So Alhamdulillah, you know, things are continuing. So the teaching was already in my country. I have been going to Madrasad here and asking them that, you know, I don't want to take any salary, any money. I can come on my own expensive travel and teach your students because in Madrasad, students don't even know how to write Arabic. I can teach them because this is something I have learned with Natuluma properly. I, uh, I, you know, I can teach them this thing, writing, composing, composition. The very hardly, very rarely they accepted. Though they have nothing, no money, some of them, even then they make life so difficult for me to teach this time, that time, they never encouraged. So, but anyway, I kept teaching. Then somehow, some people from London, they suggested to me that, you know, if you can come and teach once a week in East London, you know, in English, Arabic grammar, something like that. So I said, okay, this is better for me because, you know, then I don't need to go to any madrasa. So then I start teaching in East London Mosque. And then it grew my daughter, Somaya, she said to me, don't need to come to London. I can establish something in Oxford. You can teach there. Then I start teaching in Oxford. Now I, I don't have time. I, I come, I'm too tired of teaching. There's so much teaching, alhamdulillah. So it is Barakah for So this is my life, it's simple, just teaching. And actually, one thing is, though I'm very busy, but I always thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you are busy, you have less time for sin. Because if I don't, I'm not busy, then either by bite or watching TV or singing or something. But because every time, you know, now I'm going home, so, you know, my concern is to prepare for the, I'm, for, I'm writing, any anyway, my writing, because I'm writing commentary on, on Muqaddaf Yusuf Tafsir, so I'm writing, reading so much for that. So, so much time in that one, so much on Sahih Muslim. And then I prepare for the classes, and the class will be after a takaf. So, I don't have time to I'm prepare for those two classes. Then I'm going to United States to teach, you know, Noman Ali Khan students for, for one week, you know, Ulumul Quran or Sul Tafsir, so I have to prepare for that. And three weeks in America with, with, with Zaid, so all those preparations. So if I have all those in my mind, I have no time for any, but it does not mean I don't sin. You know, I sin, but I'm thinking it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it easier for me. That, you know, because of that, sin has become less. So, Alhamdulillah, this is one of the favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The center work where I have been doing there is, uh, you know, it is an intellectual and social history of Muslim world, where we have been studying that how Islamic sciences spread all over the world, what were the major centers, the madrasas and all those things, and also spiritual centers, khanqad, 
and how the you know the uh, you know the genealogy of the scars of work in the muhaddithin and the fuqaha and and the odaba and the pure language and also the sufi so i did this more than 15 years i knew everything alhamdulillah i learned this all by heart so now you know all the genealogy of the indian deobandi people and you know brailvi people and where they meet and ashawila dehlvi and abdul haq muhaddith dehlvi the shajara and all the curriculum of india how it had been changing this i read so many times same information again again most of them they, alhamdulillah stuck in my mind and sometimes if i don't remember so at least i know where to refer so it's a help me uh, good to know the history of the islamic edu- uh, education in india and also elsewhere and how they have been you know changing moving from one to the other to all the madrasa farangi men all the madrasa of india where they used to teach when hadith came to in india when when were the hadith part of the curriculum when hasit people think that sanadami means you know all six books the six books of hadith only became part of the sanadami uh, when mawlana gangohi came before that the sanadami you never had no bukhari no you become alim without any bukhari no muatta no bukhari no muslim you just learn mishkat or become alim and before mishkat they used to mashariq al-anwar of sagani you learn that you become alim but now you know for alim in india you need all siha that actually very late phenomenon earlier earlier thing was no bukhari no muslim it was something after that you specialize you know you learn more and also i look at mir fahim to also i you know did all these you know silsilat of sufi you know rishi sister pak in kashmir all these names are so difficult to pronounce because sufi sufi of kashmir you know sufi in india their names are like you know mostly either arabic or persian name so it is easy but you know sufi in kashmir their name is so much localized very difficult to read their name so much this rishi that rishi all the so much difficulty and uh, there are huge books about that alhamdulillah i wrote uh, the persian works i read them and then i translated them to english and then formation put it separately so i also one time also became ex- expert of the, all the names of kashmiri people now i'm forgetting them so i did uh, you know one of the major research i did is about the uh, kashmiri sufi kashmiri sohrawardi or sohrawardid and all the rishis of the kashmir and kubravi as well the kubravi order was very strong in kashmir not everywhere else and rishis are only found in kashmir nowhere else Uh, rishis are very similar to you know many many hindus uh, you know practices so you see i did research also about kashmir alhamdulillah you know the thing is you no know, i was busy the thing is you know first uh, because i become so much busy in writing and that's why i asked them to have you know less days they said okay you can only work three days and you know still you have we have pay same 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 money we know no how you can still remain fellow then after two years i actually still i got you know so much in teaching and you know so much writing and then you go and you know three days now you know nine to five you know and uh, so uh, then i realized it is too much for me then i ask though the suggestion about you know even if still can still one one day but i was thinking really you know you know i don't think my name is barakai that i you know i should i did i realized decided then you know first i decided let's start something else